Welcome to episode 11 of the Armchair Critics Podcast, where the underqualified experts who discuss all things sport, work and life, with little to no background and supporting evidence. Jack, how are you, mate? Oh, mate, never better, mate. How are you? I'm good. Surprisingly good, actually, after presentation night last night. That's the way. No, you should be well rested, mate, after the week off last week. Oh, I was in a world of hurt last week. I thought I had COVID for sure. Nah. I had every symptom under the sun. I was like, all right, I'm cooked here. Went and got a rat test, negative. I'm like, whoa, I'm actually worried now. I don't, I don't know what this is. Is that a, a rat test? So a rapid antigen test test? Yeah. No, nah, perfect. No, nah, really good. Did you, how'd you pay for it? Did you have to go get cash out of the ATM machine? Uh, no. <laughs> perfect, man. The Jew way, free. So, no, good. Thanks for, uh, thanks everyone for joining in uh, again this week after a uh, yeah, week, week layoff. We got uh, got some feedback with some pretty disappointed uh, listeners that we uh, didn't put anything out last week, which was equally good and bad to hear, to be honest. Yeah. Um, I could have recorded, but you wouldn't have heard me. <laughs> Yeah, no, I, I can't go solo, boys. I'm not that good. So, um, well, we'll Mate, jump. You've got to back yourself. Yeah, fair. Back yeah. yourself and double down. <laughs> um, we'll jump straight into the cricket. It's got six at the G. So, uh, sometime, oh, I was a couple of weeks ago now, Joe Root uh, resigned from uh, as an English captain, which, I mean, the writing has been on the wall for probably. A year. Do you think Ben Stokes is going to be any better? Um, I still think Root's their best captain. I I don't. I don't know. I do think that towards the end of it, Joe Root did start. You could kind of tell that he was tiring as a captain, and he he just completely ran out of ideas. Yeah. Um. And now, not all of that is his fault because I mean, you can only kind of utilize the cattle that you've got, oh, and their and their cattle fucking suck. So. Um, but I do, I do think that a fresh set of eyes uh, will be good for the team and Joe Root as well. I think it'll be better for him more yeah, so than anyone else. Green's gonna have a big year with the bat. Yeah, well, I mean, he had a good year last year. Had a great year. Well, yes, but he played nearly twice as many tests as any of the other quality players in international cricket. So while yes, he he scored like he outscored, you know, the, he outscored his own teammates. By three times. Yeah, so, and he, third all-time, I think, for most test runs in the calendar year. Um, but the, both the guys above him played seven or eight fewer innings. So, I mean, but still, like, he went through the year averaging 60. So, you can't argue with that. He had a pretty stellar year. Um, but I reckon he'll go better. You'll see him score tougher runs um, against better oppositions. Um, just because he's worried about himself. Yeah, just got, and but... There's an element that they kind of need that because when you rely so heavily on one bloke, it, it's very hard for him to have to, you know, marshal the troops around as well. I suppose. Um, so I think they'll, um, I think they'll do better. They've still got some glaring issues. Um, I reckon Josh Butler's probably played his last Test match. Mm. I don't reckon he'll play again. Our boy um, Ben, folks. Ben Folks has got to get an extended run. Please give him an extended run. He's averaging 60 or 70 in the early stages of the county championship this year for Surrey. I know they play mostly games at the Oval. What, div run, what division is that? In. One. Okay. So they, he plays in the same team. They've got... Um, that Surrey team is stacked. They've got uh, Rory Burns as the captain, and he opens. And he's a county warrior. <laughs> um, but then they've got Hashim Amler at three, Ollie Pope at four, Ben Folks at five. Jesus. They've got um, Sam Curran. They've got Will Jacks, I think. Um, Dickie will correct me if I was wrong. But, uh, yeah, no, that, mate, they're, 
just absolutely loaded. So, um, but yeah, give him an extended run. Uh, I've already seen that um, Ben Stokes has every intention of recalling James Anderson and Stuart Broad back into the test setup. That helps. Which makes a whole lot of sense given they are their first and second best test bowlers ever mm. and probably currently. So uh, it made no sense to drop them both, let alone drop them both at the same time. So, uh, no, that'll be good. And I think um, probably see a much better England side the next 12 months than they've just had. Do you think there's, they've got a better spinner than Jack Leach? Yes. Parkinson? Uh, or w- without a doubt. Yeah, he's the best spinner in the country. And I was actually I was reading something the other day that he's 27 um, and he's only played 34 first-class games. What? Yeah. And it's it's just one of those things where he went through for his county, and uh, like sometimes he doesn't get games because it's just so seamer friendly. Yeah, which just makes no sense to me because he's a gun and he he could seriously skittle sides. And I was surprised that they didn't give him a go in Australia, and I was surprised they didn't give him a go in the West Indies. They just they have to bite the bullet at some point, and I hope that this is the um, the turning point for England where they just go, okay, how about we keep the guys that are half decent. We cull the rest of the crap and we give some guys an opportunity that we think could, you know, could succeed because I, there's no point picking the same guys over and over again when you know the outcome. What happened to Mason Crane? No good. No good. Because remember, he came over here a few years ago. Yeah, he'd play, oh, did he play one or two tests? CG tests. Yeah, and so, you know, and Scott Borthwick did the, the two before that. Yeah. Who? So it's just one of those things, but. Um, yeah, and it's very hard to find a quality leg spinner, and he like his quality absolutely turns the ball square. So sure, he might leak a few, but um, he got to just let him find his feet. It's a good leg spinner. Yeah, you'll cop it. Yeah, because they're going to take wickets. They change the game. Yeah, I just I'd so much rather someone come in and take three or four for a hundred than someone you know one for seventy five or thirty five overs because that doesn't win your test matches. No, it just it drags it out. Yeah, it just drags it out. Plays it's just negative boring cricket. So. Um, I think that'll be good for them. Speaking of Joss Butler, we'll move through the IPL where he is currently just carving it up. Um, sorry, we're, I'm, are they kicking a penalty goal? Here? Yeah, yeah, right. Um, Joss Butler has 200 runs more than anyone else in the IPL at the moment through nine games uh, or eight. Yeah, no, eight games. I think he's got 300s and 350s in eight games. That's crazy. He is just... 300 in particular. He's on fire. I was watching him um, bat last night and he was 34 off 42 balls. Proper struggling. Like, couldn't hit the ball off the square. Um, And then hit four sixes in a row. (laughs) And the commentators were talking about how slow he was going and he hadn't hit any sixes today and he was struggling to find the rope and any fluency and he's lost all of his form in one game. And then he, yeah, hit that's four the, sixes in a that's row. That's a, a grade dribble commentary. Oh my goodness! So uh, he's, if you're going that good, how do you lose your form? Oh mate, game? he's by far the best T20 bat in the world at the moment, and he is showing it. He is just look, streets above anyone else in the IPL at the moment. Just the the level of consistency that he's playing with is so difficult in T20 cricket. He's opening the batting in a season where because they're only playing on a limited number of grounds. The wickets are actually greener, so they're much more seamer friendly early. Oh, really? Yeah. So it actually, like guys like uh, you know, a lot of the quicks are starting to actually come back into the game because there's a bit of life in the pitches. Not that Umran Malik from Hyderabad, he's bowling one fifty fives and just firing them in and they're nipping all over the place. Yuck. So yeah, no, nah, wouldn't rate it. <laughs> um, 
but so in the year where it's probably been the hardest for opening batsmen for the last you know three or four years at least, uh, he is just carving it up. So unbelievable. Uh, watched uh, Gujarat Titans. I'm going to call them my team. I called them two weeks ago that they were going to win the comp. Yeah. So they're eight and one. Okay. Um, which is the best ever start to an IPL ever yeah, through nine games. <laughs> so uh, they're at eight and one, and they're just winning games from nowhere. Like they chased down against um, RCB the other night. They needed you know forty off the last four overs, and they were already four down with two new batsmen in. Um, and they chased. They needed thirty-two off the last two overs. The game before that, and Rashid Khan and Tuwadi got them home, and David Miller's just killing it in the middle. Hardik Pandya's killing it, um, and they've got a, just a really good bowling lineup. Um, Alzari Joseph and Lockie Ferguson, Rashid Khan, um, Muhammad Shami. They're just really well-rounded, which kind of follows on from what we spoke about a couple of weeks ago with the team. They just don't seem to have any glaring issues. Yeah, being able to draft well. They're, they've just been able to recruit really well and just go on, well, these guys are proven performers. They're not having to kind of, you know, bank on anyone who's not a proven performer in their specific position. David Miller's hitting the ball just about as clean as anyone else in the comp as well. He's just killing it, so... Really good to see. Um, and, yeah, Mumbai Indians got their first win last night as well, which uh, Harry was pretty happy about. Harry was, uh, yeah, not, uh, not not too pleased with how his, uh, his Mumbai Indians were going. So good to see them get their first win on the board. Actually, it gets Rajasthan because Rajasthan just completely butchered the game at the end. So um, now Australia A, uh, or Australia, have named a very extended squad to go to Sri Lanka. Yeah. Um, 34 blokes. Ben McDermott wasn't one of them. And Ben McDermott wasn't one of them. I yeah. saw that and I was like... There must mm. be something happening there. Um, or maybe or maybe not because he's probably... I probably would say that he's not in consideration for um, test honours. Yeah, he wouldn't be. But like even in the one day in T20 stuff, they didn't take him either. Yeah, so but they've only named uh, like a, a squad of 15 or 16 in the limited overs squads. Mm-hmm. Which just, I mean, goes to show the strength. And I, I do actually probably agree with that, that if we're taking our best, if all, if everyone is available 100% fit, he is probably not in the top 16 in T20s or one days. That's probably fair. So I'm okay with that. But he really was the only name not on the list that, oh, the, the only person that wasn't on the list that I thought, oh, that's a bit weird. But especially given some of the, not rogue names, but niche kind of cricketers that yeah, were in it. They, 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 they're strong squads though. Like they kind of, those niche picks is, that you're referring to, they really kind of yeah, do that one and, job. And it, is, and it is kind of preparing them for five-day cricket in the subcontinent, which mm. I think like, is a it's great good. idea. I think, I, I think it's fantastic. It's just building um, familiarity with the conditions, yep. with guys that otherwise probably wouldn't get the opportunity to. Um, especially some of the spinners like uh, Matt Kerneman, Sanbir Tanger, and that Todd Murphy fella from Todd Victoria. M- Todd Murphy surprised me. Um, to be fair, he had a good season though. And it is so. George Bailey came out and said, "Well, it's really just down to the lack of depth in right-arm finger spinners, and outside of Nathan Lyon, who can you actually think of otherwise?" Travis Head. There's just no like. There's <laughs> just no one. There's a lot of leggies going around. Um, and left-arm finger spinners, but there's not really that many right-arm offies there actually isn't. going around. I'm so, trying to think of one now. Nah, and it, like, it's, um, you know, there's they're a couple part, in Tassie. They're all, all part-timers. Yeah. And, like and Webster. Yeah. <laughs> no. Um, so I think it'll be a good experience for them. Good to see Matt Renshaw and Nick Madison back in the setup. 
um, Matt Renshaw scoring runs for Somerset. Uh, I made 130 not on the first day um, of their current Shield game. Uh, and Nick Madison, you could probably argue, has been the form Shield player in the last three or four years. So that's uh, yeah, good to see that. Um, and Henry Hunt, who I know is one of your one of your faves. Good, he's good. Yeah, uh, he's on. He will be on tour. So it's a little surprise not to see Jake Carter on there. Actually, I think he's fairly highly touted by a few people around the Cricket Australia setup. He's, um, he's probably going to do it for another year, though. Like I'd he, say he so. moved states, didn't he? He can't, went to yeah. South Australia. Yeah, I'd and probably, you'd probably like to see another year out of it. Yeah. So whereas Henry Hunt's kind of been doing it for three years now. Three yeah, he years, really so. banged the door down this year. Yeah. So uh, did, he did win the joint Shield Player of the Year this year. Travis. With Travis Dean. Dean? Yeah. Travis Dean, who, when Victoria at full strength, doesn't, doesn't get a team. run. Yeah. Which is stiff as fuck. Captain them to a shield like two years ago now. Can't get a run. Wins shield player of the year anyway. Um, so, no, that'll be good. That's a uh, Looking forward to see how a few of them go in that series. Um, especially Mitch Swepson. Mm. I think he'd be the name to look out for. I think the conditions will be a bit more friendly to a uh, to a leg spinner in Sri Lanka. Um you even hear, like, when Warner used to talk about it, he always found it much easier to bowl in Sri Lanka than he did necessarily in India or Pakistan. And so, his record sh- showed that too. Yeah, absolutely. Do you think that's mental? Or is it? Oh, it did. there's probably something in the conditions there. Um, may, uh, just the way that the, the ball turns. Maybe it's just faster turn. It's mm. not, you know, but I'm, I'm not sure. Um, and the other thing was, I don't, I'm not sure whether we touched on it last podcast, but uh, Andrew McDonald named as the head coach. Yeah, we did. So, uh, yeah, now officially moving away from actually having a coach into having a people manager. Yeah. So it's kind of, yeah, RIP to any actual coaching. Um, so uh, that's all I've got for cricket this week, though. It's, uh, yeah, not too much happening being... Uh, coming into winter here so uh yeah that's all i got i don't think i've watched cricket since the last ashes tour so not fair (laughs) very fair uh all right well we might move into overrated underrated then um i'll kick us off uh cherry ripes massively underrated oh damn it i absolutely agree (laughs) yeah no they're massively underrated and again it is another one of those things you either love them or you hate them i reckon so at work we argue about it quite a lot so yeah so one of the ladies bought like a box of favourites. It's like our last day at the office we were at. What was the last one to go? Oh, easily Turkish Delights. Well, yeah, and I was so always. chuffed with that. Give me them. And yeah. second Oh, you like... Oh, that's right. Yeah. No, nah, can't get around them. And second last to go was Cherry Ripes. Oh, And I was it. even more chuffed with that. Living the dream. <laughs> Give me those. Yeah. You can have all the crunchies, the picnics. They can just fuck off. Give yeah. me the Cherry Ripes. No, I think... It, like, if I had to pick... Like a chocolate bar, it would be the double coated cherry ripes. Cold, yeah, yeah, like, got to be like, cold. Yeah, almost yeah, in the freezer. Like they're crunchy in um, like the chocolate. The double coat is crunchy, and then in the middle, it's just like soft and oh, they're, they're, oh mate, they're so good. So I'm kind of glad you agree there. But uh, sticking on the uh, the food, sushi. Uh, I'm going to say it is slightly overrated. Interesting. Can elaborate. Um, I do love myself some sushi and good sushi is really, really good. Um, it is but so hit and miss, but there's so much shit sushi, uh, that it is literally a lottery depending on where you go. So we've got two places near work and I've tried both of them and like I reckon half the time I go to one, it's really good. And the other time, half the time I go there, it's so average. I nearly can't eat it. Oh. 
So now I don't go there. I go to this other place across the road that is just elite every single time. <laughs> now that I've discovered it, someone someone in the office is like, why the hell are you still going to that other sushi place? I didn't know there was another one. <laughs> yeah. They're like, yeah, the other one across the road is elite. No, nah, apparently it's, it's much, much better and I absolutely agree. So, but it, I, don't, I don't know. I think it's, it's pretty, like, it's not cheap either, sushi. And really when people... People saying, oh, I love sushi. Okay, what are you having your sushi? Fucking chicken and avocado. Righto, so you don't like sushi. You like chicken and avocado, you basic bitch. <laughs> um, I think it's perfectly rated. When I was working at Basti, the Bond Sushi was there yeah. at, in that complex. That is the best sushi place. Potter opened my eyes to it. Yeah. It's cheap. Oh, sorry, what, what's it called? Bond Sushi. Yeah, okay. It's um in the little varsity complex. Yeah. It's pretty cheap and there's some exotic stuff there. Yeah, okay. So I've been getting honey mustard crab sushi rolls. Yeah, right. Oh, honey mustard anything is good. Yeah. They, mustard's a- they slap. Yeah. And I, I don't get chicken abo. I'm not a basic bee. I get all the salmon varieties. Yeah. So I, I mean... Salmon. I yeah. This, <laughs> hopefully not salmonella, which I reckon I would have got from this last place, I reckon. <laughs> so um, no, I do. I, I reckon it is... Slight, it's great, don't get me wrong, but it is slightly overrated, I reckon. It does, with the salmon, it does depend where you bite from too, how yeah. far from the ocean you are and whatnot. Be good out at Morinbar, I reckon. No, it wouldn't. A great story <laughs> from uh, my my work trips out to Morinbar. You know, it's about, it's about two and a half hour drive southwest of Mackay. So <laughs> it is a little mining town, but fuck nowhere. And, uh, and we sat down at the pub. And I was with five or six other people and more than half of the people sitting at our table ordered the seafood basket or like seat. No, it was seafood chowder. And I just thought you guys are absolutely kidding yourselves. It would take them four hours to drive seafood out this way. That is fucking foul. <laughs> no, it, and they're like, oh yeah, but it's on the specials board. You know why it's on the specials board? Because it's, it's going off. It's because they're scooping it out of the bottom of the freezer because it's been sitting there for seven weeks. So, yeah, no, nah, no good. But, no, nah, slightly overrated, I reckon. Um, my next one is Cameron Munster. Ooh, that's tough. I, uh, I'm i going to go with perfectly rating so I can't really make a decision. He's This year, he's been quality. Last year was, for his standards, pretty shit. Um, but, like, you can't argue with the 2019 Origin Series. I reckon he is becoming... Uh, underrated i think 2019 was probably peak cameron munster because yeah. you nearly can't you can't beat it you can't like from any other player like that was just unbelievable people calling it the worst queensland side that, that we've ever put out in the park and against a new south wales team that were very very strong um but i just think with all this high you know the whole kalen ponga contract saga and like so much player movement i don't like, I don't, I don't understand why Munster wouldn't have been the Dolphins' first preference. I am. Um, I'm certain he's going. To the Dolphins? Yeah. There's been some rumours that he might be going to the Broncos. That would be interesting. I think between Mun- him Mun- and... Him, Munster 6, Reynolds 7. So, between him and Walsh, one of them's going to the Broncos and one of them's going to the Redcliffe. Yeah, I'd love that. I'd take either of them. Uh, if Redcliffe were real good, they'd get both. Yeah. I just don't understand why he's not been on the top of everyone's hit list. Ever since, ever since that thing broke when they signed Grant Coates and Hughes. and Hughes, the other 15 clubs should have been on the blower. They can't 
sign till November first. I know they can't sign him, but surely but they can, can have conversation. Have a little slide in, in his DMs. Mate, you can have a couple of like a couple of lunch dates, like Caelan Ponga was doing. Imagine a Mad Dog Money lunch date. Oh my goodness, <laughs> jeez, they'd uh, they'd run late into the afternoon. I'd want to dine. So yeah, late into the afternoon the following day, I'd imagine. So I just don't understand why he's not at the top of everyone's recruitment list because he's a gun. No matter where he plays, whether he's playing for Melbourne, whether he's playing for Queensland, playing for Australia. He's just a weapon, man. And he plays what's in front of him, and he's just so explosive. Creates something out of nothing, and those guys are so hard to come by in uh, in professional footy. So, massively underrated. I can't disagree with your comprehensive analysis, Jack. Thanks, man. Appreciate it. Uh, my next one for you is public transport. Uh, <laughs> uh, uh, or probably not the greatest person to ask about this. Haven't uh, spent a whole lot of time on public transport, other than at the early hours of... The morning. Tram. Tram, yeah. Or oh, actually, uh, we used to go out during the week and the trams used to stop at 12. Yep. I don't know whether they still do. No, no, they, they, used, to, they, yeah, they still used to stop at midnight. So we used to have to uh, catch the bus from Broadbeach in, back into Parkwood and walk home at 2 a.m. in the morning. Yeah. Because I'm not sure whether it was pre-Uber, but... It was def if if Uber was around, it was formative years, so it was not that cheap. And yeah, no, it used to just pay six bucks, get on the bus, and ride from Broadbeach to Parkwood. <laughs> so uh, to give you an actual answer, I will say that in that public transport itself is underrated, but it is massively overrated on the Gold Coast because public transport sucks. <laughs> public transport is underrated. Like I was, I was hoping you like would take the common thing of overrated, but it's good. Yeah, like no, especially actual, especially overseas. The actual uh, like public transport. Oh man, if you, anyone's ever been to Japan, the public transport is unbelievable over there. It runs like clockwork, and you can see like their subway, like their train system. In the in the subway, the, a train comes every three minutes. Just not like clockwork. So every three minutes, seriously, it'll park for a minute, fuck off. Two minutes later, another one, and it's just like clockwork. And you, so you're never ever late for shit because the train. If the train's running slightly behind, or you just miss your train by a minute, you've got to wait two minutes for another one. It's just <laughs> it's the of, best system ever. And, it, and given it's such like a highly populated country, there's not that much traffic on the roads because their public transport system is so fucking elite. Yeah, and, and compared to here, where if, you, if I miss my train for work, you've got to wait half a half an hour. Yeah, exactly. Um, so. Uh, Gold Coast tra public transport is just shit, but public transport in general, underrated. if it's run properly, massively underrated. I think it's easily hated on. Yeah, no, in, I agree. In, in Australia. Yeah. P probably for valid reasons, but I think a lot of the people that hate on public transport just don't go on public transport. Yeah, it's just one of those things. I've, I, like, I've not caught a whole heap of public transport. Oh, I've done it heaps. But just yeah, catch no. the school bus, yeah. catch the train to work, or catch the bus to work. Generally do find some really... Like really good people on public transport around the Gold Coast. Bro, my first train ride to Brisbane for <laughs> working at Centrelink on the way back. So I left at five thirty. So I got the six six ish train from South Brisbane back to um, Helensvale. Yeah, and some bloke got on at like Logan Lee, sat next, sat in like the the booth next to me, and opened his backpack and started slamming Jim Beam double serves like no tomorrow. I reckon he had eight Jim Beam double serves and four tra train stops. <laughs> oh, my word. I was like, Jesus Christ. You weren't driving, uh, what, like riding past Bean Lee or anything, were you? Yeah. Yeah, no, So perfect. on the way back, so you go from, <laughs> you go Logan Lee into, um, in, so Altandy, Logan Lee, and then you get to Bean Lee, Ormo, Coomera, 
Helmsvale, Narang. Couple of great areas <laughs> there. Couple of ripper, ripper suburbs. And great people. Yeah. Uh, all right, my last one, actually following on from our previous uh, conversation, seafood. Massively underrated. I'll, there's not there's not a bad seafood out there. I'm, I'm going to say, I guess this is very up for debate, isn't it? I'm going to say slightly overrated. Um, yeah, I, I, again, it's just so hit and miss. <laughs> in yeah. saying that, I ate some weird shit. Yeah. Me and Brad go to Malatung. And it's, so that's like it's, that's, it's uh, at A Street. Yeah, yeah. So for those who don't know what Malatung is, it's uh, you, it's like hot, not really a hot pot. You get a you get a basket. It sort of is like a hot pot though, isn't it? Yeah, and yeah. You, you pick what you want, and then they make, put the soup in it, and they yeah. weigh it and stuff like that. Um, me and Brad get pretty rogue with our stuff. I get a lot of octopusy in my Malatung. Um, sea urchins. The fuck? Yeah, it slaps mussels. Mussels are amazing. Muscles and pasta, elite. Yeah, okay. Muscles. Yeah, no, saying that would just be never something that I would order. The, so. the, the sea urchin, it's fake sea urchin, actually. It looks like a lolly. It's like a the little... fuck is fake sea urchin? <laughs> it's not even seafood. No, it's seafood. No, it's not. Well, it's fake seafood. Oh, which makes it not seafood. <laughs> Wait, it gets better. You know those... It's, it's, it's a white and yellow swirl. <laughs> oh, yeah, that's natural. Nah, perfect. Nah, uh, nah it's like, I reckon it's, it's like, like seafood's overrated in yeah. general. Good seafood is good. Like I like fish and prawns and calamari and stuff. Just that like generic a, stuff. A good seafood restaurant is worth its weight in gold. Yeah, okay. I'll take your word for it. But yeah, I'll, I'll, is there any just, seafood you don't me, like? Eh? Or you... Oh, I mean, there's seafood that I haven't tried Go that on. I also wouldn't rush to try. Like I've, uh, oysters. I've never tried oysters. Are you fucking kidding me? Um, yeah, oh, like mussels. Oysters. Um, are crab elite. and crab and lobster. You've never, never tried crab. Nah, mate gonna get some mud crab for you okay uh yeah no, i just i don't know we never really went to seafood restaurants when we were kids and it's just one of those things that, like we I'm grew up surprised you didn't catch crabs and you guys went camping no nah, we really just we used to fish so we used to just fish and had heaps of fish when we used to go away on holidays and um like nan and pop obviously being pretty avid fishermen as well um whenever they, they used to like um uh Bring home calamari for it, like fresh calamari that they'd caught. That's elite. Oh, mate, it was fucking like salt. And that was the first time I tried calamari. I was actually a bit apprehensive to even try it. I'd, I seriously, I'd have been eighteen or nineteen. What? Yeah, yeah. And Nan, and Nan so just cooked us up a batch, and I was like, "This is unbelievable." So when you see a food you haven't tried, why? I've never had the issue of I don't want to try that. What goes through your head? Well, I'm not going to sit down at a restaurant and go. I'm going to go and tr- I'm going to pay money to try that, and then what if I don't like it? Never had that thought. <laughs> that is that's the difference between you and me sean no i'd say like i mean if it was at a buffet or something like a seafood buffet then like sure i'd give some of it a crack i suppose but it's just one of those things that i don't go to seafood buffets because i don't know whether i like enough of it for it to be worth my while and they're not exactly the cheapest no no <laughs> seafood does not have the best rap for pricing no. so uh no that's all i got have you got another one well, one more yeah university <laughs> oh, as, as two dropouts right here <laughs> how, long, how long have we got? Um, mm, this is uh, something that we talk about a lot I, In my family in particular um, Given all three of us boys None of us have a university degree um, I reckon that 
obviously there are certain professions where you absolutely need to go to university. Like doctor, right? lawyer. Like being a doctor or a lawyer or, you know, professions like that. But in general, I think uni is massively overrated. And I think the reason it is massively overrated is because there are... we disagree for once? Is because <laughs> there are, like schools, for, like these days, all they care about are numbers. Hmm. Like I remember the school that I went to, um, average people, they only ever cared what about, about the teachers because <laughs> oh, shit because they we were like a smaller school in a smaller cohort we were never going to get like the most op1s or the most op1 to 5 it was all about percentage for them and they just wanted everyone op1 to 15 so they went like years and years in a row 100% of kids in op1 to 15 that were eligible because if it became obvious that you were going to finish with an op even around 15 or like between 15 to 20 they'd say you're going down this pathway where you don't get an op you're doing rank or whatever yeah which i know and i know the system's different now there's no op it's just atar but yeah so and i just think that there's so many schools and it's great that they want to um get people and get kids thinking about their future and their careers and what they want to do to progress themselves but I would love to see a statistic on the percentage of kids that say I'm going to be this when I'm 16 and what they're doing when they're 26. Yeah, so our school would be fucking slim. Our school school was pretty similar where Fridge and I went to school. They were quite heavy on pushing us into university. Our careers counsellor was quite avid of like... Yeah, it's all all about about getting you um, guaranteed entry and getting you like like applying credits over to this other course. Yeah, so like I did an extra subject to get guaranteed entry. Yeah. And I didn't even... Like I thought I was going to be a teacher, which is pretty funny to look back on now, but... um, Teaching what? uh, PE science. Yeah, right. Fair enough. High school. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, that's rogue. Um, But like... All they, all, all they care about is getting these, all these like funneling kids into these universities, which is where the real money's made. So you get, what they're doing is they're pushing all these kids that are like 16, 17, 18, depending on what state you're from, straight into university and just loading into debt. Yep. You're getting pushed into debt. And so it's just funding universities over and over and over. And like uh, the dropout statistics were massive. So when I started my course... Um, at exercise science they pulled up the first day you, you might have even been in the same lecture at G40 yeah they pulled up a thing by OP the level of people that actually finished their degree and 11, uh, I think it was 12 to 16 which was my range 48% finished university doesn't mean they got good grades or anything like yeah. only 48% finished this entry level university degree. is a business now 100% like 20 years ago it was actually about education like now it's it is absolutely just, just a, a business. business and it's funneling off the secondary the, the secondary education yeah system so, so and I, I just think there are there's growing especially in today's environment where a lot of businesses have been forced to completely change their business models because of covid there's a lot more people working from home there's a lot of businesses that weren't built for it and are now struggling or folded but there's just there's so much opportunity nowadays for people to work for themselves and be entrepreneurs and like start their own businesses. Yeah. That going to university Mate, is not the, it, it's not like the be all and end all. Like look, we just got told it was like you were either going to uni or you're a dumb kid. 
Yeah, so our... And forever, that just got like ingrained into us at school. It's like, if you don't go to university, you're a dumb kid and you are bound to be picking garbage off the streets for the next 50 years. Yeah, and so our school... And it's just not it. was like, if you're not a tradie, you're going to uni. Yeah. And so, well, no, there's plenty of other ways to go about it. Yeah. Like, look at the whole tech world now. You can do a couple of degrees on Google. That, that's what I mean. So job. there's like, there's cert fours. You can do like six month TAFE courses and stuff like that that you can do whilst you're working. Don't start whereas, with TAFE. TAFE whereas, got privatised. That's one of, one of the worst things that we've done in Australia as well. But whereas while you go to university and you study full time, you're basically just like consigning yourself to four years of having no money, no time. Plus placement. <laughs> Plus all that. So it, and, it reduces I, and your not, earning capacity. And you're not even guaranteed a job at the fucking end of it. <laughs> That, like how many people out there would have done a four-year university degree and are working in something not even remotely relevant to what Mate, they were doing? My my older brother's friend got his engineering degree and couldn't get an engineering job for three years. Yeah, and that's what I'm saying. So while he's walking around with an eighty thousand dollar hex debt, yeah, he's, still, he's got to work part time. Yeah, he's still got to work part time behind a bar, working nights, like fully educated. Yeah, Ridiculous. exactly. So and it's just. There's this false notion that you go to university and you're bound to be successful, and that is the only way to be successful. Whereas I think now, I think there's new generations. People are starting to shake that um, that idea that to be successful you have to go to uni. Yeah, like there's look, Sam, for example, was obviously never going to go to uni, right? (laughs) Like obviously never going to go to uni, but he was earning more money and having more fun as an 18 and 19 year old than just about any other 18 or 19 year old that I knew. Yeah. So can verify. So can he read? No. <laughs> Is he successful? Yes. Well, absolutely. Right. So it's just, I don't know. It's one of those things. University massively overrated. It's now just a business and people just fucking bleeding these naive teenagers for money. I tend to agree. Yeah. Do we move on? Absolutely. So we'll move into our general sport. That's one of the biggest benders I've ever seen in my life. So, uh, do you want to start with the NBA? Yeah. So you you pulled out your broom for a few teams that didn't happen. Yeah. So actually, a lot of my um a, a fair few of my calls um from two weeks ago were just turned out to be complete woo woo. So there was no sweeps at all. Notably, in the NBA. The Pel- oh, sorry. The, there was uh, the Brooklyn the, Nets. Yeah, the Celtics Nets. Um, which so- was just a diabolical series for for the Nets. So they need to blow that shit up and start again. Um. But the and the Celtics looked really, really good. All four games actually were pretty close. Like going into the last quarter, both games could have gone either way. And Boston just showed that their chemistry is just so much better. They've been playing together for longer. Even though the Nets probably had the best player. Maybe and the, and maybe the, the third best player. And the third best player. Yeah. They still weren't able to get over the hump, basically. So Ben Simmons didn't play again, so that's a whole nother can of worms, can of worms that will day. open up another day. But um, the Heat have got a few health issues. Kyle Lowry injured, Jimmy Butler injured. They should, oh, they should have swept Atlanta. They blew game four, game three, I think it was three, three, um, and then yeah. So gentlemen sweep um, the Warriors. Gentlemen swept the Nuggets. The Grizzlies and the Timberwolves was a good series. The Timberwolves did really, really well not to win. Fucking really well. Yeah. They were. I looked at a stat today. They their box plus minus was plus twenty nine in the first three quarters and minus sixty two in the fourth quarter. <laughs> That's atrocious. So they were going, and the same thing happened yesterday. They were killing it. They were up at quarter time, half time, and three quarter time, 
and ended up losing by six. It's just like they just couldn't figure out. And, and it's going to be a massive problem for them going forward because they don't have a closer. They've got like Anthony Edwards is 20. He set a record most playoff points in a series for anyone aged 20 or under with 160 or something. Mm. He was really good. But he's not that guy to close games for you. Well, not yet. No, Cat's not yet either. D'Angelo Russell didn't show up at all. Pat Bev couldn't hit the side of a barn with a handful of grain. <laughs> so they just don't have anyone that's going to be able to make shots for him down the stretch. Yeah. And they struggled. And the Grizzlies have guys that can do that. John Morant didn't shoot the ball well, but turns up in the big moments at the end. Desmond Bain is playing unbelievable. He's so good. Oh my God, he's playing so good. Um, Jaron Jackson Jr. was getting in foul trouble and they still managed to win. Brandon Clark has been unbelievable off the bench. And the every time I watch him play, it makes me happy to see a guy that I like watching do well and makes me equally as upset because we had the pick to draft him and we traded down to get an extra first-round pick for the next year. And we gave up his draft rights, basically. Like, we gave up that pick to Memphis so that we could split it into two picks and they took him. I don't know who the fuck we took, but I guarantee they're not as good as him. Yeah. He's <laughs> unbelievable. His hustle and his motor, mate, he is so, so good. Just a really athletic hustle kind of guy. So he played unreal. Um, the Suns had a... They were they were absolutely on track to sweep the Pelicans until Devin Booker got injured. Yeah. And the, the Pelicans have lifted. They did absolutely lift. Um, and... I tell you what, it would have given the Suns a bit of a scare, mm. I reckon, because it was two all going back to uh, going back to Phoenix. Well, their fourth win, it took Chris Paul to hit 100% of his shots. 14 for 14, one from one from three, and four from four from the free throw line. Just, like an actual perfect game. It's yep. just one of the... And actually, we even spoke about it during the game. It's one of the better playoff games to watch in the first round matchup. Mm. I, like, I watched just, the whole it, thing. And I was it just, just swayed it. back and forward and back and forward and... Um, Devin Booker didn't really play that well, but it's understandable given he's probably not 100% healthy and hadn't played for a week or so. So I still think Phoenix are the team to beat in the West, but I also reckon that the Bucks are the team to beat in general. No Chris Middleton. They'll most likely be without him for that whole series, yeah. I reckon. Um, I, I don't know they'll get out without him. You don't reckon? Nah. He's a big part of their offense. Celtics are humming defensively. Yeah. Might, that, yeah. I, can, I just don't think that they'll be... Look, it's going to sound ridiculous, but I just don't know if Giannis can do that by himself against that I, Boston I, team. I, I just think Milwaukee have got a massive size advantage. Like, they're playing these... Without Chris Middleton, they're playing these lineups with um, Giannis playing small forward. Bobby Porter's playing four and Brooke Lopez playing the five. It's a very old school lineup. So they've just got massive bodies. And then that um Grayson Allen's been playing well actually since Chris Middleton's out. I I do reckon he'll come up with donuts against the Celtics defense. Yeah, same here. But Drew Holiday like you know marshals the troops pretty well. Matt speaking of guys that are massively underrated. He is hugely underrated. And I just think that again like the team chemistry thing it is going to be a cracking series. Yeah, I'm looking forward I'd, to it. Oh mate, it's going 6 or 7. Easy. I reckon Boston 4-2. I'll go Milwaukee 4-3. I hope it goes to 7 because I'll happily watch game 7. Absolutely. So um, I don't have much more to cover on the basketball. Um, other than Jordan Paul's a bad, bad man. Oh, he is a bad, bad man. The other thing I will touch on, 
Utah Jazz, do they blow it up? Yes. It is so, so time. It's actually a year overdue. They should have done it last year. If they, if they don't blow it up, Donovan leaves. Yeah. So I trade so. him before he walks. Well, I reckon, I, I think he'll stay. And I reckon that they need to make everyone else available. I don't I think I don't ma- know what kind of value they're going to get from Rudy Gobert at the moment. The, I reckon the Mavs want him. Well, I reckon his value is at just about an all-time low mm, probably. in the last six years. Um, because, yeah, that it's just been proven for the last two or three years that the way that the Jazz have built their defense is funnel everything to Rudy and have them contest at the rim. And they're just like, okay, well, how about we draw him out to the three-point line? So that when you funnel us into the hoop, there's no one at the hoop. Yeah. And it's just, yeah, not working. So Dallas played really well. They're getting massive production out of some of their pieces, like Finney Smith, Powell, Kleber, Dinwiddie, and Jalen Brunson all played unbelievable in that series. Reggie Bullock even as well played well. They're just getting some unbelievable production out of their pieces. And then Doncic just slipped straight back in and dropping 30s left, right, and center. And. They look good, so that'll be a good series as well. I think they play Phoenix in the next round, so that'll be and the Warriors play uh, play the Grizzlies, so that'll be two good series, I think. But uh, yeah, no, I've still got the Bucks. I'm still tipping the Bucks. I think yeah, they'll have enough. Uh, moving through to the NRL, so we're currently watching the Tigers Dragons game. Tigers up two nil. The battle, real attritional game of footy. The battle of the DMCs. Battle of the DMCs. Absolute DMC game as well. Um, just with. Um, the footy, it's good to see the Bulldogs getting the win over the Roosters last night. Jake was quite happy, but honestly, they're starting to click in a little bit better. Yeah. It's it's such a, it's a much more closer comp this year. It's been great to watch, and it's good to not have one team just being the absolute shit fest at the bottom. Like, they've now caused a couple of upsets. Tigers have caused a couple of upsets. The Tigers... So, and I've got a, a quick stat here as well for us. So, Jackson Hastings, who he's now... This is his third game back, but the previous two weeks... Um, it were his first two weeks back from suspension or injury or something. Anyway, um, he has touched the ball on average like 70 or 80 times a game. Really? Which is 85% above the league average for halves. So he's literally just put him on the back. So like Nathan Cleary, for example, he, at the last couple of weeks, he averages somewhere between like 55 and 65 touches. Yep. Which Jackson Hastings and Cleary's like fourth in the comp. And Jackson Hastings was 85% above the league average. And they're 2-0 in those two. And he just looks like the ultimate ship steerer. He just steers them all over the park. Pretty pretty humble kind of guy since he's come back from England. He's It's like, I, I hate the West Tigers, but I just love him, eh? I reckon he's dead set my favourite player in the NRL at the moment. I just can't get enough of him. He's sticking up for all his teammates. They're copping a heap of flack, especially Luke Brooks. Yeah. And he came out after he kicked that, after um, Hastings kicked that field goal against the Eels. he come back out and they were asking him questions about him and how his game's going and what a performance and what a field goal. And literally all he said was, how about your layoff Luke Brooks? Your mugs, basically. <laughs> um, like, like the I kind of like guy, the kind of guy that I reckon you'd want to play with. Like he just seems like that kind of guy that you just do anything to get around and, and support so uh, and they're 2-0 in the last two weeks with wins over the Eels and Souths so it's not, as, not as if they're beating shit teams top 8 teams they're both top 8 teams still so um, um, and I reckon actually touching on that Bulldogs win the highlight of that is that um, the Knights are now last I was going to say Spaghetti we're going to have to have that chat yeah so um, yeah Young Henry's um, 
Belf, if you're listening, mate. Uh, yeah, one slab of Young Henry's delivered to uh, to my address, please. So that was our bet at the start of the Newtown? year. Newtown? Yeah, Newtown is Young Henry's, mate. That is the shit. Um, um, so but yeah, so after being first, oh dear, after being first after the first two weeks, they um, yeah, uh, now last. So and they've uh, just got beaten uh, fifty to two against the Storm. Yeah, so. Um, the Knights haven't scored for three and a half hours of rugby league time. And in As in haven't scored a try? Haven't scored a try. Yep. And in that time, Xavier Coates has scored seven. Perfect. And there was a stat today that Ryan Pappenhausen has scored more points than the Bulldogs and the Knights, and there was another team as well. Um, it's just been an absolute circus this year for the Knights. Like, they've gone through the whole Ponga thing, they've signed their man, and they've just fucking laid an egg the last two games. Yeah, when, well, when, but a few of their guys that were coming up massive in the first couple of weeks, like Jake Clifford, they were talking about how well he was playing. He got hooked today after 45 minutes. Did you see it? How bad it he It was played? bad. So the problem, Couldn't hit a pass. In the, look, in the Knights' defence, they're missing massively, like, uh, no, Jaden Jade Braley, Braley yeah. and Kurt Mann. So yeah, Kurt Mann is the big one, I so reckon. So you can see at the start of the, their first two games that they won, their offense was massively circulated around man playing lock. Yeah. And they didn't have Jaden Braley at all for the season. So yeah. I think next year it won't be this bad, but it's been pretty disgusting. Like, so I think why is man not playing? He injured. Injured. But like long term? Oh, I think it's a couple more weeks. Yeah, okay. Because so, they just, like seriously, Jake Clifford couldn't hit a pass. They just had no, no fluency whatsoever. They let... When they kicked off first and kicked it out of the full. But then when they received, so Melbourne kicked off to start the second half and they let it run dead. I didn't say that. Yeah, so they had to kick a dropout to start the second half. They were just an absolute fucking shambles, mate. And Um, like they've got some good players. They're lucky they have Phoenix Crossland on the bench because they would have had no heart. Yeah. And he's he's um, not very good either. And uh, Clune looked severely hampered by a knee injury still. Yeah, Clu- I actually can't believe he was even playing and can't believe he got through the game. So so Clune got stitched up. The first four runs he took, he they weren't meant to be runs. They were meant to be offloads to players or like like layoffs or like set plays. The players didn't look after him. Oh perfect. And the fourth the fourth tackle he got up, slapped the ground and just lost his shit. Yeah. And you can see why. His knee was so strapped it was ridiculous. Yeah, he was defending yeah. on the wing like yeah. All of the signs of I'm injured. Yeah, so they just look like they're in absolute shambles. So um, yeah, I don't. I, I honestly don't know what they can do because they're just they just look like they have no strike power across the paddock at all. Unlike the Storm, How did who you have run? scored 120 points in the last two weeks. Yeah, how'd you go tipping? Nah, fucking shit house, mate. I've got. I'm two from seven. Yeah, no, I um I didn't tip the Broncos at the start of the week, which is no shock. That really. was a good game to watch. It was expensive for my roommate, but... Yeah, no, uh, great to watch. And the Broncos just so uncharacteristically defended really well. Yeah. They just got up in the Sharks' faces as soon as their um, edge players got the ball. Just didn't give them any space. Didn't give them any space to use any you know fancy footwork and get around the defence. They just straight up, up in their face, just trying to knock them flat. So, mate, I'm three from seven. Uh, I tipped the Warriors to beat Canberra. Yeah, I tipped Canberra there. Yesterday. Um, but otherwise, I mean, Parramatta losing yesterday. Hurt. Hurt. Also, before you go any further, I, I offered Fridge to put a slab on this game. And he said, no way. The Eels will win. Yeah. Well, and I mean, it was surprised. I'm not surprised that the, um, that the Cowboys won because they are playing good footy. I'm surprised that they won 35-4. to four. I Yeah. And saying that, like, 
it was our home game in Darwin. And I was saying this to um, Potter the other day. We've, we moved Dylan Brown to centre to for the, nep- for the nepotistic selection of Jake Arthur at six. Uh, I don't know why. There was arguments saying it's better squad depth for the team. Um, if we're talking what's good for the team, you don't split up the, the half-leading comp, the comp-leading halves for try assists. Um, we have, Do, Ro- see, we, have and, we have Ryan Madison who can play who could possibly play centre. We have Bryce Cartwright who could absolutely, absolutely play centre. Yeah, but it like it, it would be like Melbourne moving Munster to play centre. Yeah, just so you can yeah. play Cooper Johns at six. Yeah, like it, literally that same. It, like if Justin Olin, Remus Smith, um, Nick Meaney all got injured and they just needed to fill the centre spot, they're like, oh no, nah, how about we just put Cameron Munster in there? What a brain dead fucking move from the Eels. Retarded. I don't know what the fuck they're doing. Like he's a he's another one of those ad hoc guys that just plays what's in front of him and can can, can produce points out of nothing. And he's the best defensive half in the comp. Yeah. Statistically. Yeah. We, statistically there are um the numbers are there to back that up. So I don't know. I just think it's a completely brain dead move. And they have looked a shell of their previous and side. Tom Opacek played reserve grade. Why is not he wasn't fit, was he? I thought he got I thought he got played reserve grade. Oh, I reckon he hurt his neck a couple of weeks ago. Oh, God, I hope he didn't play because uh, that would infuriate any Eels fans out there to hear that an actual centre played reserve grade and they were playing a, like you would say, probably an undersized centre, Dillbags, surely. He's the, si- the size of some of the centres running around now, Luciano's just done his knee. Yeah, he... Um, or ankle. Ooh, that didn't look good. That didn't look good. Um, yeah, no, he's, he's definitely slightly undersized as a centre, but he's... Pretty good size. He's like he's six foot and like ninety five kegs. Like no, it's, uh, like and uh, the really is there any such thing as being undersized when you're playing in the spine? I don't think so. Maybe no. if you're playing fullback, but when you're playing in the halves, I think it's fine. But like, because he's a, just a quality player. Oh, that's a hip drop too. Oh, that is not good. Um, yeah. So and they've looked terrible the last two weeks, losing to the Tigers and then losing to the Bulldogs. No, who'd they lose to yesterday? We the pumped, Cowboys. We pumped Newcastle last week. Oh, that's right. So, so two so out of three. Yeah, we lost to the Tigers last time we recorded, which is foul. Yeah. Um, but then we lost quite convincingly to the Cowboys. But in saying that, it's you and I are saying off air, it's really good to see the Queensland teams playing well. It makes the comp better. When the when all three Queensland teams are like at least competitive and the Knights are competitive, I reckon that's when the comp's at its best. Yeah, so and we're nearly all, there. We're halfway there, I reckon. Because North Queensland are they're third. They're moving to third this week. Storm's always going to be good. Yeah. So it's just the surrounding non Sydney teams that need to play well, and yeah. then the whole comp is humming. Yeah. So and and Locke was saying off there as well that the Warriors, whilst they're not like a great side, they're at least. Entertaining to watch always. Like when if Reese Walsh is on the field, you got to watch. Yep, Sean Johnson. Sean Johnson's on the field, you got to watch. Like they're a, fun, a reasonably fun young team to watch, and their four pack is huge. Adam Fanua Blake and Matt Lodge as their starting props. Yeah, fuck that. Tohu Harris at the second row. Yeah. Um. No, they're like and um. You and I can even Josh Curran. Yeah, good player. It's a good team. They're just not that consistent, and understandably, considering the circumstances they have. Exactly. So. Um, but and so I think we're halfway there because the Cowboys obviously moved into third. They're going great guns. Um, the Broncos are starting to play better. They've beaten a couple of good teams this year. Again, they've also beaten the Souths and the Sharks so far. So they're looking all right. Um, the Titans have been pretty disappointing, I reckon. They've got a much better list um, yeah, than, than where they're currently positioned. I'd, so Campbell, they, they dropped... So they haven't brought Campbell back in. They've dropped Brimson back to fullback. 
and they played Will Smith at six, which I just yeah. I just don't think that's their best thing, man. Like Smith at fourteen is good because he brings that energy, but like I don't think he's an eighty minute player at the NRL level. Yeah, not yet. I'd bring Campbell back as soon as you can into fullback and put Brimson at six because they need points. For oh, they're struggling massively for points. And Fafita's injured, so David Fafita is. Yeah. Would he get injured this week? Yeah. He'll be out for two to four weeks. Shit, eh? He did some... I'll talk about it later. But yeah, so good. Actually, if you're Instagram inclined, follow NRL Physio because they do a full breakdown with like a video and showing you how the injury's done and how they fix it and the surgery and whatnot. Yeah, right. It's really interesting no, stuff. That's, that's bad news for them because they struggle with strike power at the best of times. So it's good to see Herman SASA coming back. Absolutely. And, and he might even, I mean, he probably won't get straight into the start, into the starting they'll side. Probably, they'll probably start Proctor and just bring SASA off the bench. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So, um, yeah, but uh, to be honest with you, the, the comp is a two-team race. There is a massive, massive gap between the top two teams and the rest of the comp. The Panthers and the Storm are miles away better than any other team in the comp, and it's not close. Mm. Yeah, yep. The Sharks are probably the next tier down, like the Sharks, Eels, Cowboys. Yeah, um, I don't know that you can put the Eels in it. Why? They've lost to the Tigers. We beat the Storm. We're the only team to beat the Tigers. We're the only team to beat the Storm this year. But they lost to the Tigers. Mate. You guys are pretenders. Serial pretenders. Mate, make the top eight and talk to me. Serial pretenders. Stop playing Tyson Gamble at six. It's not my decision, mate. They're just my team. (laughs) Oh, yeah. I'm going to use that argument for Jake Arthur at six then. (laughs) Oh, perfect. Um, No, I just just think that Penrith um, and Melbourne, they're they're untouchable. The only... From this point forward, the only teams that will beat those teams... Are one another. That's yep. it. Okay. And those two, they'll play in the grand final, and I'm looking forward to watching that. How'd you go on the tips? AFL, NRL. Both. NRL, I'm three from seven, and the Tigers will win this, so I'll go four from eight. I think I'll go two from eight, unless the Dragons win this. So AFL, I've fared slightly better, but not much. It's been a pretty rough week. AFL, I've only got three wrong. Uh, yeah, me too. I've Geelong, Adelaide, St Kilda. So the ladder, as of recording, hasn't changed in AFL from last week. Um, and NRL, I'll just have a quick look. I think, yeah, Angus Watson shot to second. The boy in the NRL. In the NRL. Jesus. So um, Sarah's still atop. Angus and Shaggers are both forty-three, and Gravy's dropped down to fourth. Right, I, I tell you what caught a few people off guard this week was picking the margin for the uh, Richmond West Coast game where uh, Richmond won by 109 points. <laughs> That's outrageous. <laughs> so and everyone everyone in the thing's tipping like 12-point win, 18-point win. I think Ryan might have said 20-point win. No, nah, 109. So actually, fun tip. I'll put, so 18, when we, I'll put 18. <laughs> so when we had Ryan on for that AFL segment, uh, we asked him for a smoky for the, um, what's it called? The Brownlow? Yeah. And he tipped uh, Andrew Brayshaw. Yep. Was Ryan Smokey? At 55s. At, at 51s. Yeah. He is now into fourth favourite at nines. Outrageous, eh? So, and boys, I hope you got on him when we told you. We've got the AFL Messiah. I forgot. Mate, <laughs> oh, I mean, obviously I didn't either. But, I mean, even Ryan wasn't that confident about the tip at the start. But, uh, obviously, uh, they're playing pretty well. He's playing pretty well. And he's come uh, <laughs> shooting in from 51s to nines. In not that long, we're only what eight, seven rounds in. So um, yeah, seven rounds yeah. in. 
So, uh, but that's that's all I got for for general sport this week, Shawnee. Um, one quick thing, Formula One this week, this coming weekend is racing at a new track in Miami. Oh yeah, it's going to be unreal. F1 this year's been unreal. I, know a lot of I imagine aren't. Miami will get around something like that. <laughs> yeah, it's um complete street circuit. It, it'll be it should be a Red Bull dominant track. So if if Max Verstappen isn't paying too short, jump on him. Yeah. Okay. Fair enough. Um, anything else? No, we'll move on, mate. No, perfect. Uh, all right. Well, I've got. Uh, we're going to do a pet peeve segment this week, but uh, Sean came up donuts for us, so I've just got one thing that has got me caught me out a couple of times recently. Hold on. You told me five minutes before recording that we're doing pet peeves, mate. That is about as much preparation as you can request from me at any given time. <laughs> Not just about the podcast, about anything. Um, that and with the new speed camera that's been set up um, just after Smith Street. So obviously everyone knows that on the overpass speed cameras but then another like 500 meters there's another one yes there is my pet peeve is people feeling the need to drive 15 k's under Under. the speed limit when they're going past speed cameras mate if you're doing 110 in a 110 zone the speed camera will not get you so and the other thing is everyone just about everyone's car is programmed to be three two to three kilometers slower than the actual speed limit yeah so if you put your whack if you whack your cruise control on 110 you're good nothing yeah. is ever gonna and happen there's, like the speed cameras have always got a bit of a buffer so it's literally you could be doing 115 on your odometer all goods and you are sweet you're still only doing and you can actually tell um so do yourselves a favor oh do yourselves a favor download the Waze app yeah and when you use apple carplay it has a speedo in the top left corner that it tracks the actual speed that you're going. Yeah. And if I'm doing 115 on my car, it I'm comes up that I'm doing 108. Oh, really? That I'm doing 108. Yeah, so mine's 112. So yeah. my stepdad, when he's dropped me off to school in the police car, they yeah. have their normal dash and they have a digital one underneath that provides the actual speed they're going. Yeah. And there's about a 3 to 4K difference there yeah. as well. So, yeah, and it's just one of those things that, like, but I, I, I'm... I'm more than okay if you want to drive 95 in a 100 zone. I have no gripe with that. I do a little bit. Why people feel the need that they need to drive 85 in a 100 zone when they're going past a speedo does my fucking head in. Especially with the how shit the traffic is coming home in the afternoon anyway. That I do not need to be slowed down twice in the space of 600 metres because people are scared of driving the speed limit. I guess my other pet peeve then, just thinking one on the fly, is those new cameras at traffic lights that see if you're on your phone or not. Yeah. That is the only safe time you could use your phone if you're at a red light in a traffic light because nothing around you is happening. Yeah, but I guess but they so don't want us using their phones. Mate, everyone's going to use their phone but... anyway, so now we're just getting people to use it in between traffic lights, which is more dangerous. Uh, yeah, okay, well, I suppose. I don't know, I, I just think the whole like mobile speed cameras and stuff like that, it is like they're obviously not doing it for safety. Yeah. Because it's, it's if they hit- were doing if they were doing it for safety reasons, they'd put them out where people can see them. Yeah, and they'd have it signposted. Like Speed used cameras to. used in this zone, like they used to, like they used to, and they still do in New South Wales. Because I think they have to. They have to signpost when they're using speed cameras. It and, used to uh, be the they, same here, and because they do the the tracking where they'll like five k's apart, point to point. There's point like, to point. There's a point yeah. to point. It's from Sunshine Coast to Caboolture. Yeah. So, and, you know, ones like that where, you know, they signpost it, you get plenty of warning, fine. But these mobile speed cameras where they just lurk in the bushes and try and get you, like, it's re- absolute revenue raising. There's no... I don't know how you can tell it any other way. Like, and, and I don't know how they could possibly defend themselves. Like, put it out in plain sight if you want people to slow down. You cheeky cats. Um, 
I haven't got any more, so nah, that's all I've got. I've got a list here, just continuing on from last week's segment of soup, salad, or sandwich. Oh, perfect. I've just got some uh, examples of foods that you could classify as a soup, salad, or sandwich. So, um, pasta is a sandwich. Oh, yeah. Okay. Um, but What about pasta salad? Is that a sandwich? Depends how much pasta is in the salad. Well, pasta is obviously the, the dominant is it though? ingredient in pasta salad. Um, I'm going to be honest, I don't think I've There was pasta, pasta salad at the dinner last night. Nope, not when I was there because most of the dinner was gone. I was busy talking. Shock. <laughs> Shock me. Um, anyway, moving on. But if, if it's, let's say you had a spaghetti bolognese, for example, that's a, um, that's a sandwich. But if you take the pasta out, that's a soup. So is that not chili con carne? No, because chili con carne's got chili in it. But so does some... Bo- You're a fucking idiot. <laughs> Oh my god, that's dribbly. Anyway, sushi is a salad. No, it's not. Yeah, it is. Seaweed is not a grain. Right, <laughs> but if it's that fucking white boy sushi that's got the rice on the outside, it's a sandwich. It's a sandwich. Oh, that's oh, that's that is fifty shades of fucked up. Right, that's <laughs> god damn. Dagwood dog is a sandwich. Yep. Fried chicken is a sandwich. Ice cream is only one ingredient. You reckon? Yeah. Because it's ice cream. Fair. So if you put some... Uh, so ice cream in a cone? In a cone is a sandwich, sandwich. But if you put it in a cup with like chocolate sauce... Salad. Soup. No. It's not a liquid base. It's liquid. It's just frozen liquid. Shut your whore lips. What about when it melts? Well, then it becomes... <laughs> <laughs> then you've waited too long to eat your ice cream. Yeah, that's fair. <laughs> that is never an issue in this household. Taking too long to eat ice cream. Um, and then we're just got another thing here. We talk about it on Cricket Trip a lot. And actually, the Cricket Club. Do you prefer stuff or things? Uh, it Stuff. Stuff. It's stuff. It has to be stuff. It's stuff. I'm not... Mate, go and pack your things. No. It's not. Go and pack your stuff. So my theory is... Pack stuff, your stuff up. Stuff is an accumulation of lots of things. Right. So if... Okay. So if you're grabbing your things to go, you're literally... You're grabbing only like a handful of things. Yeah, but like if you if you've got a lot of things, you're actually just grabbing your stuff. Right. So if you're, say, going to work, yep. Are you taking? You're taking your things, but yeah. if you're going on holiday, you're taking, taking your stuff. stuff. Oh, there's a lot to unpack there. And some people is this like how many bricks are in a wall? Like how many things make stuff? Makes a stuff. No, not our stuff. Just stuff. <laughs> how many things are in stuff? How many things are stuff? I'm going to start with, I reckon, about six. <clears throat> this is dribbly. I'm losing brain cells. <laughs> I reckon about six. Brain cells? No. Things. <laughs> <laughs> if you have enough things that you have to put in a backpack, that's stuff. Yeah, okay. If you, if you can take the things... So, and put phone, in your, so phone, wallet, keys, things. glasses. Yep, things. Is all things. Because if you can put them in your pocket... But as soon as you've got to take like a laptop you, and a so, book and a bag, it's stuff. As soon as you need to take a bag or anything to transport these things, it becomes stuff. Interesting. I'm making this up as I go. But it makes sense in my head. Yeah. What do you reckon? No, I'm okay with that. I still don't know where you can draw the line though. Oh. <laughs> I'm just looking at my notes. I've been wanting to ask you this for ages. Perfect. Is a cucumber a fruit or a vegetable? A uh, fruit. Actually? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I thought... But what's a, it, what about a banana? Fruit. Nope. Vegetable? Nope. It's grass. What? Yep. <laughs> Look it up. Yeah. 
grass. It is a grass. You Google it if you like. Hold on, hold on. Let me, no, no. You're, you're saying it with such conviction, I just no. believe you. Is a banana a fruit? Um, also, there's just a, a mini segment here. We Bananas don't... are both a fruit and not a fruit. Perfect. That's as clear as mud. Thanks so much, eh? Hey? Um, so, do you want to go through, through some Brad facts or slash questions that he sent? Oh, yeah, this will be good. So, Brad fact number one. You can never actually bite down on anything because you're always biting up because it's the bottom of your jaw. Hold on, yeah. So he's he sent me this and Harry came up with a rebuttal to that. What if you are standing on your head? You're still biting. Yep. But you're... It's relative to your head, not to how you're okay. sitting. Righto, fair enough. I'm, I'm, all, I'm okay with that. Don't trust the baker. <laughs> uh, I also got sent a few of these questions, I reckon. So I've, I've got it written down. So no matter what way you stand on the stairs... You'll never be backwards. Yeah, well, I reckon my favourite one was oh the only part, the only body part that you can lick on your mirror is your tongue. <laughs> um, and you never actually own money; it's just your turn with it. Yeah, I He's, quite liked that one. That, that was that's that was almost rogue. that's almost deep. Um, it's also if if tomato is a fruit, is tomato sauce a smoothie? No, it's puree. Isn't that tomato puree? Possibly. So it's baby food. Oh yeah, I ate a lot of <laughs> it's, that. It's, fu- <laughs> it's fruit puree. It's baby food. Um, do crabs think that fish can fly? <laughs> <laughs> oh, maybe that's where the term flying fish comes from. Oh, great beer. Uh, mean, what about... Just thinking about it for a second though. You're a crab and you can only move sideways. And there's these bigger fuck-off things literally flying above you in the water. <laughs> I don't know whether we've covered this. Do... So, worms. So earthworms, right? They don't have eyes. No. They do, they, do they know they can't see? No, they wouldn't know any better. You don't reckon they can communicate with other animals? Supposedly they can. But like... Have you... I'll... I'll... This is about to get rogue. I've read way too much into this stuff. <laughs> so we we're I'm just pretty talk- sure I'm pretty sure worms can communicate through like the electromagnetic fields. Yeah. Okay. Right. Eh? That's this could be complete woo woo. It I sounds re- like woo woo. I read a lot of stuff on the train. <laughs> <laughs> but like they just they don't have eyes. They can't see. But do they know they can't see? Like, are they aware to the fact that they can't visually see anything or are they just well how would they know any how would how would they know any better that they can see they probably just think the whole thing's black well if you can't see is it black we, they, we just think they, it's black because our eyes are closed do they think do they see things or stuff neither they can't <laughs> see <laughs> yeah. imagine, so imagine just plodding along in the dirt you can't see or like do anything and some bird just pecks you up out of the ground game over <laughs> 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 i literally didn't see it coming um also, last last thing in my notes, I had a very funny interaction the other day at Australia Fair. Yeah, right. Eh? <laughs> um, Great place. On Saturday, I went into work to go print some stuff, um, and then the people that said they would be at work didn't show up, so I couldn't get into the office. So I, had, so I had to go to Office Works. So on my way to Office Works at Australia Fair at the Coles, there's a liquor land next to it. It is eight fifty eight a.m. <laughs> There is a line at the door for it to open at nine o'clock. Oh my word. This guy comes up to me. He's probably like mid fifties in a holy flanny. I thought you were going to say Parramatta jersey. No, no. We're better looking than that. 
<laughs> anyway, he comes up to me and goes, Oi, mate, have you got the time? I'm like, yeah, yeah. It's 8.58. He's like, this opens at 9 o'clock. I'm like, cool. I stood there because I was going to Connor and I walked another five steps. He goes, mate, is it 9 o'clock yet? I'm like, you're kidding. Like, I'm trying not to be a dick here. It's 8.50 fucking 9 in the morning. Wait one minute for your alcohol. It can't be that important. Anyway, so I go into Connor, get my shirt. I come back out. It's 9.03 and Lickland still has their door shut. Oh, no. Oh, <laughs> and I have goodness. to walk past Lickland to get to my car. This bloke's losing his marbles. There's three of them at the front, like, getting shitty. And the guy that's in Lickland is just, like, trying to get his register on by the looks of it. He's like, mate, have you got the time? I'm like, yeah, mate, it's 9.03. You should have said it's 8.59. I should have in hindsight. I was just being honest. I'm like, it's 9.03. And he goes, well, can't be because Liquorland's not open yet. Oh, yeah, okay. Yeah, <laughs> no. Nah. I'm like, mate, look. I'm going to go against Greenwich Mean Time. And I said to I said to him, I was like, how are you going to get served alcohol at, um, before 10 a.m.? Like, he's like, nah, nah, it's 8.58. I'm like, right, well, you can fuck off. I'm going to my car. See you later. And he followed me to my car and asked what the time was again. Oh, I just <laughs> asked the time. Yeah. Oh so it got to God. like 9.07. It left Liquorland to ask me the time for when Liquorland would open. I reckon by the time he left and came back, the doors would have been open. But the worst thing was he couldn't buy alcohol for another hour. So he was going to have to sit there for an hour anyway. Fucking hell. Mate, rogue stuff in Southport. <laughs> Specimens, eh? Incredible. Yeah. Can't can't say that I venture too much into Southport these days. Nah, if I can avoid it, <laughs> I'm trying to move. So yeah, um, I haven't got much else for you, Jack. Uh, mate, I'm uh, I'm fresh out. So guys, thanks for tuning in again. Um, really appreciate all the messages and stuff through the week uh, with segment ideas and hot topics and that. So keep that up at Armchair Critics on Instagram um, and uh, Armchair Critics at Outlook.com if you want to send us an email. Um, yeah, looking forward to hopefully having a guest back in the next couple of weeks. Make sure you all get your tips in on time because you guys have been terrible at that lately. Get at least four or five people that don't tip at the start of the round. So make sure you get your tips in. Um, and yeah, hit us up because we love hearing from you. So uh, thanks for your patience for us getting this out. We'll have another flag segment soonish, hopefully, um, once we get this other one loaded. Yeah, if the file actually works. Yeah, so we'll see how that goes. It doesn't help i'm using a fossil to try and upload these things from the computer to the phone but anyway we'll see what we can do but uh thanks for tuning in guys we'll see you next week sweet see you next week